You're listening to the Hindu Business Lines Field Notes podcast with TR Vivek. Hello dear listeners and welcome to another episode of Field Notes, a podcast on all things agribusiness from Business Line. I'm your host TR Vivek. Climate change has emerged as one of the biggest threats uh, to the already low income of India's small farmers. Unseasonal rains, colder winters, hotter summers and prolonged dry spells are confusing not just the farmers, but also the crops that they grow. The chemical agri inputs required to mitigate the impact of climate change adds to the farmers' expenses and makes them poorer. A young Pune-based startup called BioPrime may have potentially a game-changing solution to enhance the profitability of uh, small-scale farmers. BioPrime says its goal is to offer relief to farmers worldwide uh, affected by temperature fluctuations, drought, uh, resilient insects and diseases. To achieve this, uh, this startup born in a lab and founded by uh, three plant science researchers from Pune University have developed effective and uh, affordable next-generation agri-biochemicals uh, with time-proven biomolecules, life-friendly chemistry, smart material, and uh, less energy use. BioPrime says its patented agri-biologics technology follows Mother Nature's way rather than tamper with it. To talk about the exciting innovations, we are joined today by BioPrime CEO Renuka Divan. Renuka is a rare woman entrepreneur in India's overwhelmingly male-dominated agribusiness space. Renuka, a PhD in plant sciences from University of Pune and a postdoctoral in genetic engineering, uh, has worked extensively on bioactives for over 13 years and has a patent filed for large-scale production of a certain class of metabolites. She has over 15 years of experience in plant tissue culture and designs. We'll talk to her not only about the challenges of being a woman entrepreneur, but also the transition from the lab to the market. Welcome to Field Notes, uh, Renuka. Thank you. Thank you so much, Vivek, for having me here and giving BioPrime an opportunity. Renuka, tell us in simple language, layman-friendly language, uh, what does BioPrime do? Uh, what is the problem that BioPrime is trying to solve? So first of all, BioPrime is an agbiotic startup. And like you mentioned, uh, we are three scientists who founded BioPrime. And with the vision of bringing back pride and profitability to the farmers. So pride because unfortunately farming is not a choice of uh, profession. Even a farmer's son or a daughter does not want to take up farming. And profitability because unless there is profitability, the pride is not going to come. So it has to be a double uh, kind of an approach to ensure that farming becomes sustainable. Farming becomes a respectable occupation uh, in the country. So we basically uh, are aiming at improving farmer profitability. And the reason we are focusing on this is because uh, only when the farmers become profitable, even the small and marginal farmers become profitable, then only a rural transformation and change can happen within the country. So if we want to take uh, India forward as a developing nation, uh, agriculture will play a very, very important part uh, in this. So we basically develop uh, solutions uh, that help farmers mitigate climate change. And the reason we are focusing on climate change, I think you 
very beautifully explained it right at your introduction that it's a double whammy for the farmers. It's not only adding to their uh, cost of cultivation, but it is also decreasing productivity. And in worst cases, sometimes they don't even have short yields at the end of the season. Uh, currently, we are facing uh, a heat wave, which is highest in the last 122 years. And as we grow, uh, you know, progress, I think it's going to get uh, uh, weirder and it's going to become more unpredictable. So what is it that the farmer can do uh, so that, you know, he can protect his crop and protect his inputs and protect all his efforts today? So that is that is the challenge that we are trying to solve currently. And how do you do it? Uh, when you say that uh, you, uh, uh, you, you follow mother nature's processes and don't tamper with it, what does that mean? Uh, what, what shape does uh, uh, BioPrime interventions take? Okay, so basically, um, unfortunately, farmers are locked into this uh, vicious cycle of having to add more and more inputs every year. And at the end, you know, seeing very little output out of it. And a large part of this happens to be because of climate change. So when we looked at this problem a little deeper, we understood that the problem is not that the nutrients are not available, the fertilizers are not there. The problem is that the actual internal processes of the plants, or if we have to say like the plant performance is as low as 40%. So plants are not able to take up the nutrients plants are not able to utilize those nutrients to make food. So it's not the non-availability, it is the problem of the processes. So we decided to focus on uh, fixing these processes or enabling how is, how is climate change? How, uh, how is climate change playing a role in this? Are the plants getting confused because of uh, the unseasonality? give an example about how uh, you know processes are being affected by climate change uh, instead of focusing on plant let me just uh, give a human example so um, if we were to put ourselves in a very cold condition uh, let's say a deep freezer you know over just a couple of minutes our cognitive skills uh, drop down drastically we're not able to even perform functions like add simple addition subtraction lifting of objects, putting the objects, even our motor skills get affected. So is the exact similar way that the plants and its internal process get affected. Within a certain temperature range, all organisms are comfortable and live properly. If that range shifts, whether it is uh, to cold condition or whether it is to uh, you know, higher temperature conditions, uh, the processes within the organism, whether it is plants, humans, animals, they drop down drastically. And that is exactly what is happening when we talk about climate change. So short duration fluctuations, any organism, plants or us, we can sustain. But having to go through that, uh, you know, over a period of time and long durations and drastic changes is something that plants are not able to tolerate. So uh, what happens as a result of this is the processes within the plant start to, you know, the efficiency of it starts to drop down. So they are not able to take up the nutrients that are available in the soil. Or if it is very, very uh, hot, like we are facing the heat wave right now, plants are not able to make food. Once they are not able to make food, you know, their growth gets hampered. Then they go into a stage where they want to protect themselves. So they shed off flowers and fruits so that, you know, more energy is gone towards 
their uh, survival rather than uh, putting energy into flowering and fruiting so you know these kind of ways the productivity gets uh, affected and uh, decreased and that is why we thought that if we are able to help these processes function at a efficiency which is close to the optimum level we will be able to solve both the problems which is reduction of inputs for the farmers as well as ensuring that at the end of the season farmer gets assured yield no matter what the climatic conditions are and the way we do this is uh, we use something that is called as uh, plant signaling which is nothing but a plant's way of communicating internally so plants can basically recognize the conditions they are in and they secrete or they produce a certain bouquet of molecules which they send internally to communicate what is the kind of stress now this bouquet of molecules is very interesting because it's like a signature or our thumb fingerprint it's very unique to the kind of stress uh, so whether it's a insect attack there'll be a special set of molecules that is produced if there is water shortage a different set of molecules will be produced and that is how a plant can perceive what is happening outside and then can change its internal processes so we basically you know focus on identifying these biomolecules and we use them as triggers to start the plant processes which will help them survive and adapt to these conditions so our uh, interventions are in the form of agri inputs that the farmer can use as foliar applications as drip applications or we coat these molecules onto granules which then he can you know broadcast it into his fields so uh, they are to be used at different time points according to his growing cycle but they are compatible with his current practices so he doesn't have to go out of his way okay when you say uh, foliar intervention it, it, it or granules uh, which can be broadcast it, it means spraying on the uh, on on the crops yeah it means uh, spraying on the crops or uh, putting the granules into the soil at the time of plantation right right and and what is what is the benefit that the farmer gets uh, when you say that you know uh, if i understood it right you are trying to mimic the signals that a distress signal that the plant sends out when uh, when there is a deficit of water or when there is a pest attack so you are you trying to mimic those those signals absolutely absolutely and that is why uh, you know we say that we are leveraging uh, nature's way of uh, you know we are kind of uh, mimicking nature's way because we are using these specific biomolecules that we isolate from plants or microbes and give it back to the plants which then initiates uh, these processes so it acts like a small trigger uh, like a remote control button to activate the processes either to work uh, you know faster or just to uh, amplify whatever is happening inside the plant mm -hmm. so is this uh, only uh, climate change resilience focused or or are your products also yield enhancing uh, or, or you know to specifically say that you know this uh, application of this uh, uh, increases this kind of content uh, say in a particular crop so uh, we have solutions uh, that are aimed at improving yield and uh, looking at yield in two perspectives not just a increase in total amount of output but also in terms of quality 
because you know every farmer's produce gets graded there's a a grade produce b grade produce and a c grade and a farmer earns almost twice as much for a a grade produce than he would for a c grade so to increase farmer profitability we also increase the percentage of a grade produce that he gets out of a harvest that way he is able to not just get higher uh, yields but he is also able to get higher returns uh, on uh, the crop that he is growing um, because he is using uh, better managed plant nutrition managed resources uh, ultimately the product at, that is whether it is the vegetables or fruit they are more nutritious they have a better taste and they are also you know in terms of lasting or shelf life they also have a higher shelf life so we've also seen that some of our farmers whether it is vegetable farmers or flower farmers uh, the traders come to their farm gate and give them 2 to 4 rupees extra per kg because their produce lasts longer so they are able to the traders are able to send it to uh, better markets uh, you know that are uh, more distant so farmers actually end up uh, earning more right then you got tell us about how you hit upon the idea what kind of work uh, happened in the lab um, and i believe uh, you hold uh, patents for this molecule that you have yes uh, actually uh, i'm very happy to say that uh, one of our patents was just uh, granted uh, yesterday which happened to be national technology day so uh, we're congratulations very, yeah we're very thrilled about it thank you um so uh how we came about the idea is um we were working on the field first of all before we you know started bioprime to understand what the challenges were and how we could help or contribute uh, towards farming or agriculture uh because all three of us come from a academic background so we had spent almost uh, 17 20 years uh, in labs and we understood that there was a disconnect between our understanding and the market uh, and the ground reality actually when we went on the field we were very surprised to find that something that had been uh, so simple in terms of science or the advancement that is uh, there very few had of it had translated in terms of agri inputs for the farmers to use and when we asked farmers that you know why are you not using these kind of solution why are you not doing this they would always tell us that uh, nothing like this exists and therefore we started looking deeper into you know uh, what the situation is and interestingly we found that um, either a large portion of our agri inputs are imported or the technologies or the molecules have been discovered outside and we simply just produce them in the country so very few uh, you know innovation has actually happened for the indian farmer and our farming our uh method of agriculture is very different from how it happens uh, elsewhere so we felt that there's a need to you know develop solutions uh, specifically for our small and marginal uh, farmers so when we started looking at this uh, we all, all, always you know we fell back on our uh, physiology based uh, uh, expertise and we thought that why not uh, try doing this uh, in the field also uh in our research work we had already proof of concept that this kind of an approach works uh in plant tissue culture so we knew that 
plants and plant systems respond to these kind of uh, stimulus we just did not know if it would work in the field that is where government support government grants helped us validate this technology and these are uh, to be clear these are non synthetic chemicals yes uh, they are biomolecules that are produced by plants or microbes right so so application of this will not in any way uh, compromise with say uh, the organic quality or you know farmers who are producing uh, organic crops no it will be in consonance with organic practices yes actually certified organic uh, from the uh, government agency for organic certification called apeta uh, our products are certified residue free so uh, they've been tested for over 265 insecticides and pesticide uh, residues uh, and uh, the products have gone uh, a lot of toxicity testing also so there is no uh, toxicity for the people who spray it there's no toxicity for the beneficial soil microorganism or honey bees and earthworm which is a, a huge concern uh, in case where we are using chemical uh, insecticides pesticides or chemical formulations uh, so they are completely safe for um, uh, not just uh, the soil but also for the people who are uh, using what is the status of global research on on something like this uh, i'm assuming uh, you know companies like bayer or syngenta with uh, billions of dollars in r&d budget uh, must be working uh, in this area as well yes uh, biologicals is uh, definitely you know going to the next revolution uh, in agri inputs uh, there's a growing uh, concern there's a growing consciousness around Uh, not just the food that we eat, but also uh, towards conservation of soil uh, for the future. Uh, so large companies are also traditionally chemical companies are also looking towards uh, biological based uh, solutions. Uh, so though a lot of companies are working in the biological space, uh, companies that are using targeted approaches towards specific pathway modulations like us are few. so uh, there are handful companies around the globe which are utilizing uh, biomolecule based uh, targeted approaches uh, and to the best of our knowledge uh, we are the only ones in india right uh, renuva give us a sense of the scale of your startup uh, uh, where are you in terms of production in terms of your reach what has been the market response uh, for your biological formulations Uh, so we started in 2016 and spent about two and a half years perfecting uh, the formulation. Uh, then about a year, year and a half uh, into uh, you know testing it on different crops in different agroclimatic zones, understanding applications and all of that. So just before COVID started, uh, we had perfected the formulation and launched it into the market. Um, so that was a tough time. Uh, but even then, uh, we've been able to sell almost twenty-five thousand liters of uh, our liquid formulation and two hundred metric tons of granule formulation. We are largely pres- present in Maharashtra, Uttar Pradesh, Karnataka, Andhra Pradesh, Telangana. Uh, but we are rapidly expanding even via online channels to uh, other states. 
So currently, uh, we're looking. I mean, this year we're looking to have a Pan India presence uh, with you know tie-ups with uh, some corporates, uh, tie-ups with certain uh, agri startups uh, in the space, um, and uh, just to ensure that we have a Pan India uh, presence by the end of this year. But what is the biggest challenge to scaling up uh, uh, of the business? Is it uh, ramping up production or uh, access to markets? And how expensive uh, is scaling up production for you? So, coming to technology background, I think uh, technology-related challenges are easier for us to solve naturally. Uh, so, uh, right now, uh, we don't have a challenge in terms of production of the uh, bioactive molecules. Our current bottleneck uh, is our filling and uh, packaging uh, setup. Uh, but that can be very easily solved with a little bit of capital flux. Uh, but uh, reach to market is definitely a challenge that every, I think, agri uh, startup uh, like us faces. And the challenge is twofold. One is uh, not just in terms of, uh, you know, these solutions being new, so it requires farmer awareness. Uh, it requires a lot of uh, hand-holding initially uh, to do, but it also, you know, comes from the fact that uh, uh, there's very little trust uh, on newer companies that come, and rightly so, because farmers have been duped uh, quite often in the past. Uh, so uh, it helps if there is a channel that uh, you know helps us go to the market who's already had uh, a trust or a relationship uh, built with the farmer. It is extremely rare to find uh, women entrepreneurs uh, in the agri-tech and agri-businesses in India. Uh, what Did you face any unique challenges? And also you, you have a double challenge, right? The twin challenge of being coming from uh, an academic background, uh, being inside the lab and then hitting the market and then actually selling products. Uh, did it require a great deal of uh, change in mental makeup? And what are the problems that uh, women like you face in this business? Uh, yeah, I mean, uh, it, it, it was definitely a challenge because I mean, if you see the entire agri uh, value chain, uh, right from uh, agri business owners to, uh, you know, people working in the businesses to um, uh, traders, retailers, farmers, uh, all of this is uh, highly male dominated. Uh, so you, I mean, very little women uh, in in the agri space. But I am also very happy to say that uh, this is uh, changing rapidly. And uh, I mean, initially, I do face, uh, you know, a little bit of uh, not concern, I would say a little bit of uh, hesitation, uh, because people are just not used to the fact that uh, there is a science-based startup, there's a technology-based uh, startup, and a woman is leading it. Um, so it takes a little bit of um, challenge from that side. But I would also say that it's a huge opportunity. And I would also say that it's an incredible time, actually, to be uh, in space because people's perception uh, are changing so rapidly. And people are very open uh, once they actually find out uh, that we are a deep tech startup. Uh, we have a lot of women employed in the organization and there are women in leadership positions. So I actually see that people do go out of their way later on, you know, to, uh, you know, help us and, uh, you know, make sure that 
uh, uh, if we are facing any issues, those get uh, resolved. Um, on the other question that you asked about uh, from technology side to uh, commercial, uh, oh yes, I mean, uh, it was a huge uh, mind, uh, I would say mind shift or a mind change uh, in that perspective. As a, as a researcher, we thought that, you know, uh, discovering that molecule, discovering those molecules is what is required um, as, a, as a startup or that is what is our end game. Uh, but once we did that, we found that that is just the first step. Uh, the second step is the product. Then there is a huge gap between uh, the molecule and the product, but there is a huge or a even bigger gap between a product and a commercially successful uh, product. And I think in between uh, lies several valleys of death. So I feel that uh, that transition uh, is very, very crucial and critical. However, I also feel that uh, because of the ecosystem that has evolved uh, very lately uh, in agritech space, it has become easier than it was earlier to, you know, uh, actually go across uh, these valleys of death. And a lot of people have, a lot of organizations, a lot of government institutes uh, have enabled us, uh, you know, to reach uh, this path. Uh, even right now, uh, while we were, you know, participating in the Nudge Challenge, uh, the Nudge team connected us with uh, not just corporates, but foundations uh, who have a large farmery. So, you know, it helps that uh, it comes with a trust and backing. And then we are able to set up demonstrations. We just require... Just to, just to give uh, uh, viewers a bit of context, uh, uh, Nudge is a non-profit foundation that runs uh, in partnership with Cisco. Is that right? A an annual contest uh, that uh, encourages startups like BioPrime to come up with solutions to increase uh, farmer profitability. And uh, BioPrime finished uh, runner-up in this year's contest. Is that right? That is correct. That is correct. Right. So, this kind of ecosystems help us to reach a large number of farmers. And uh, it helps that it comes with a lot of trust and backing. So the transition becomes easier. Right. Uh, weren't you tempted to just license uh, your invention off to a big uh, input manufacturer instead of going through all the trouble of packaging and, and marketing uh, a product? Uh, you know, uh, when we started BioPrime, our dream was, uh, you know, that every farmer uh, across the country would benefit uh, from our solutions. And uh, as years have gone by, now our dream has just become bigger, where we say not just in the country, but across the globe, uh, you know, benefit from the work we do. So, uh, but we do recognize that partnerships come with a lot of uh, added value. So we do partner with a uh, with lot of corporates. Uh, we are currently co-developing uh, certain uh, new products with a couple of uh, partners. So it's a multi-year, multi-product uh, co-development. But honestly, uh, in terms of agri-space, we've seen a lot of this uh, licensing or even you know marketing arrangements that have happened in US or Europe. But uh, in India, we actually have not seen uh, any of uh, these arrangements happen. There are actually very few agri deep tech uh, companies developing new formulations or new biomolecules. So 
rightly so uh, it comes with a little bit of apprehension so you know the corporate wants uh, to take proven solutions uh, to the market and that's why i said you know there's a difference between a product and a commercially successful product so they want not just a molecule and not just a product they want a commercially successful product so i think it's necessary for uh, innovators or uh, you know deep tech startups actually make the transition uh, to a working solution to a solution that can then be rapidly scaled up uh, and taken by corporates right renuka thanks a lot for joining us on field notes this week uh, and wishing you all success thank you very much thank you thank you very much Thank you.